Welcome to a new episode of Cyber Profits, a podcast made for you and for you only to prepare yourself better for the future of IT. We are now going to talk about a very interesting topic, the future of architecture, software development architecture. And for that, we have with us a very special guest with a long experience in the software development world. But before we go to that, allow me to introduce my co-host for today, Federico. Thank you very much, Edgar. And hopefully we're going to have a very, very nice podcast listening about this new experience in the software architecture world. Exactly. This is, this is a very interesting topic for all software developers out there. We're going to hear from our, our guest of the day who has actually 10 years of experience in the software development world, working mostly for German companies, but also from, for Polish companies as well. One very interesting topic is that he actually graduated as an electrical engineer, and we would like to hear about that transition, how it came to, to an end. And now he is also working as a software engineer, and he is the CEO of Softrec. Allow me to introduce you to Tom Zapleta. Tom, <laughs> welcome you. to our podcast. Thank you, Federico and Edgar. Uh, it's uh, nice to me to talk with uh, you and uh, to share uh, my uh, experience. Uh, so uh, let me start with uh, the uh, explanation of my career. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. So it's uh, something uh, what was started in 2008. I, um, I started uh, uh, change my career. Uh, in the past, uh, my my experience was um, connected to some electrical uh, things. Uh, I was electric electrician, and then uh, it it was a bit uh, different. Just uh, the, the things uh, which are uh, in in area thinking, logic thinking. There are, of course, uh, two uh, in, in this uh, electrician part. There are schema uh, you must understand, you must plan. Uh, of course, you have not too much to think uh, to, to change. Just uh, since uh, my childhood, I was uh, too, uh, as hobbies, uh, involved with uh, uh, the software development. My first start, uh, my first uh, application was uh, in basic uh, world and so I, I can't say that it was something uh, really new it was something what uh, I like and uh, till today I like uh, writing uh, programs so I can say that uh, if you have some uh, dreams <laughs> and yes. you want to make it uh, it's nothing nothing can stop you even you have a certification for another job and good uh, salary, I think uh, it uh, can be no barrier to change it because I, I, at this moment I was uh, 20 years old. Now uh, I have, uh, I, I am uh, 40 years old and I think I have made much more than today. Uh, so I started my uh, company 
two years ago, and uh, slowly I am doing, building some uh, open source uh, projects, and uh, that's why we are talking today about nano services because it's something what can give many benefits for everyone which is uh, in uh, this uh, area of software development because of course it's good for people which are using uh, REST services, microservices. Do I, understand, do I understand correctly, Tom, that your change from electrical engineering to software engineering was because it was one of your dreams? Was yes. it like that? Yes, because if I am doing uh, software development, I am 100% uh, in, in these um, things. I can say uh, there is some limits. Everything is interesting for me. And mm -hmm. uh, in electrician, uh, you can you must thinking about security. You must care about uh, team, about yourself. Uh, every day can be accident. So, uh, mm -hmm. so from this uh, perception, uh, it's very difficult to know if you can be able to make like, uh, your specialization if you are working outside a whole year. Uh, whole life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And in your case, Tom, let's say, what was your motivation to do this transition? Because it was part of your dreams, but maybe someone inspired you when you were a child. Or how did you, let's say, discover it? Because it's something that I'm quite curious about it. Uh, yes. Uh, can you uh, say the same question, uh, ask the same question in another words? Because, yes. Uh, yeah, like, for example, Tom, uh, in my case, my mom's boss was my inspiration to become a software developer. He told me that it was a good idea because he had a relative living in Luxembourg. And that's how I got involved in the software development. But in your case, how did you discover BASIC? And how did you decide to jump into that this ship of being becoming a software developer? Yes, the, the first question is why I uh, I was working as an electrician, why I was uh, doing this before, and uh, it's a bit uh, uh, easy. Uh, maybe it's it's easy uh, answer because <laughs> there was no not software. Uh, development school. It uh, was okay. something. Uh, what was uh, easy to say? Of course, uh, I dream about something. Just as a person uh, which must uh, earn money, I can do what uh, are doing people in my area. Mm -hmm. They are electrician. Okay, I can do the same. And my, my brothers, two brothers are to uh, electrician. Uh, we was talking. Uh, we was going to the same school, and now uh, mm -hmm. another. They are now not in this um, job. They they are not uh, working as electrician, just as a software developer or another okay. brother is doing to uh, some <laughs> business. Even then, and uh, I I am coming from Poland. I was uh, living in village, so. There are some areas uh, which you can't change, uh, and that's why I am in Germany now because uh, mm -hmm. I feel there are many uh, restrictions, limitations from your environment, 
And yes. that's why I like to be DevOps because DevOps is involved to environment and we feel this environment. We know where are the limitations. We can change it. We are not just software developer, yes, because now I am doing DevOps. So that's why I like it, why I want to increase my uh, experience, knowledge, because uh, first of all, I, I like to make uh, some things. I want to have an experience. It's not mm -hmm. enough for me to learn some things. That's why I don't care about schools. <laughs> I am mm -hmm. engineer, yes. Just uh, oh, it's nothing uh, what I can uh, have for uh, for long term. I must uh, increase my knowledge. I can't just stop on engineer level because uh, every day as DevOps, we learn some things and it's uh, not possible to learn everything at school. And that's why. And the same with business. Business is too not possible to plan. Uh, if you start, uh, you can't know mm -hmm. what will be. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah, and we totally understand with Federico this that you're mentioning about the environments, that the environment sets some limitations to your, let's say, to your development. And yeah, that's why we both also decided to migrate to Europe. And now, Tom, coming to the topic of the day, could you please explain us what what is a nano service? It's uh, good to uh, explain first uh, what is monolith because uh, okay. nano service is something yes. what uh, is coming from uh, microservices and. Uh, this is some uh, way uh, which, uh, as developer, we are um, uh, we know. Yes, uh, we have this experience. It's in the past, uh, we we was creating uh, created we created uh, an applications uh, uh, in one uh, programming language. Um, mm -hmm. Programming language. We decided to make some things. It was uh, the limitation from environment was. Very, um, uh, very. Uh, it was uh, very difficult to make uh, some things uh, without uh, respect uh, current environment, mm -hmm. and uh, it. And that's why Monolith, uh, as a software developer, uh, I, I can say uh, it's something what is. Uh, First thing, what we are doing uh, when we are starting uh, some things um, from the scratch, and then we start to thinking in microservices uh, architecture, and we can uh, mm -hmm. separate these things to nano services. So, if uh, this is my uh, uh, very very practical thinking about uh, nano services, that uh, there are a lot of uh, definition uh, to uh, say what something is just what I feel I like uh, to uh, modular uh, make to uh, something small and and uh, smaller than it it uh, must it, it 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 is and it's it should be small uh, mm -hmm. to uh, have a better um, to, to, to have a better quality uh, of, of some part of the whole system, because mm -hmm. if we are creating big monolith system, it's uh, there are benefits and uh, disadvantages uh, 
there are many things which we must care in one moment. And if we make, uh, if we are doing modularity, we can uh, have a lot of benefits uh, to control one part of system to make it better in one moment. And we don't need to think about another things, especially if we have a good environment, preferred environment. So what is nanoservice for us today? It's something uh, what can uh, on the architectural level uh, can can create uh, fast. It is a function as a service and on development uh, layer, it's uh, something uh, what can give you uh, one function for one re request for one API uh, contract. And uh, this is the difference between nanoservices and microservices that we can, in microservices, uh, create a whole uh, request uh, for many uh, sources. We can make crude for uh, users and uh, another uh, things, uh, roles. But if we are talking about nanoservice, we create uh, just one request and one uh, type of request. For example, mm -hmm. we we will do delayed user. So we create function delayed user, and for this uh, uh, function, uh, we we expect just uh, create one uh, delayed uh, uh, request with a delayed function, and mm -hmm. we expect in database delayed this. Uh, user, nothing more, and that's why it's some um, things what we can't now uh, say it's uh, uh, good for many things because it's uh, very separated, and it depends architect uh, uh, architecture because it's not easy to uh, split everything. The same story is with monolith, monolith and. Uh, the microservices architecture. We we can't mm -hmm. change everything, uh, move everything to uh, another architecture. It's not so easy, and uh, there is a question uh, which cost we expect, uh, what we can do, and in, in which time, and what if something's uh, change. What if our business model will be not uh, so. Um, mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And in your opinion, let's say, what are the advantages or disadvantages of this new model versus microservices that is the most use using our times, Tom? Mm -hmm. Microsoft uh, microservices are generally uh, some improvement on monolith and uh, nanoservices. Uh, are focused on small things. So the different and uh, advantages uh, which, are, which are common with uh, nano services are uh, in some area the same, but uh, if we are talking about uh, nano services, uh, then I, I can say that for me personally, uh, Function as a service is something what I expect because it's something what is uh, coming with uh, the idea of modularity 
for what I'm waiting to in uh, software development that I can uh, build some things and mm -hmm. uh, change it, make a different model, different application with the same uh, bricks like uh, Lego bricks. That yeah. it's easy to change it, not that I must rebuild. And it's so painful if we must rebuild not just uh, business logic, but each part of our application, uh, the unit test, integration test, a lot of things is between. So that's why I think uh, nano service is a good way for us. And uh, that's why I think uh, we should eat, uh, learn about, because for today, I can't say that I am an expert in nano services. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm passionate such a software developer and I want to improve my knowledge in this area. That's why I uh, will um, talk about it because I, I am sure that uh, with, after our conversation, I will um, buy some book. I will uh, check some things because it's it open it uh, conversation and I have uh, in my mind uh, a lot of things which I can't discuss because Day by day, we are doing our job, and for today, we are not talking too much about. That's why uh, I like your podcast because uh, you are talking about future. <laughs> this yeah. is what I like. <laughs> yes. So did, did I hear correctly that you mentioned the concept function as a service? Mm -hmm. Did I hear right? Yes. Yes. Can, can you elaborate more on this topic? What is that? Uh, this is something. What is coming from uh, architectural um, models uh, and what we know today, there are a few uh, models and uh, there are infrastructure as a service, and we yes. can uh, go to direction platform as a service, <clears throat> and uh, we can go to a function as a service. So if we have platform as a service, there are a lot of solutions. And for function as a service, uh, uh, there are solutions. For example, uh, uh, Amazon have some things. Uh, it's Lambda uh, solution, and I, I don't know this uh, solution. Just I heard about it, and uh, I know that uh, BBC is using nano services, and mm. I, I was not able to find the. Uh, code because they have about 1,000 uh, open source uh, projects. Yeah. <laughs> so I need a bit of so time. <laughs> yeah, and Tom, let's suppose that you need to split the work in your, in let's say, a couple of developers. How would you do it with the nano services? Because I feel it like if you have a lot of services, it will be a little bit tricky, especially because in the beginning it could sound easy to build them because you're focusing on one action, but on the long term, imagine that you have 2,000, 2,000 or 3,000 of them. How do you manage that situation? I think I will be not alone because today we are going from a, a horizontal uh, to vertical architecture. So. If we are talking about nano services, uh, we can create some 
request, one request with uh, one method or one function. And uh, what I see, there is uh, many situations that we need some things uh, just for uh, make some input-output uh, logic. And uh, in my uh, situation, uh, what I am doing now, <laughs> I am thinking about not just about nanoservices, just about modularity. And the modularity, it's something what I want to present in the future, uh, such solution for uh, many things, not just in software development, because we know what is uh, it. Uh, we know what uh, what someone mean when he talk about modularity, and yeah. it's nice idea, just how to do it. And nano service is some implementation of um, unit which can be helpful to make modular application. And mm -hmm. what I want to do, I won't have a lot of things like BBC has uh, many uh, hundreds of code which I can use, reuse, because if we have uh, modules which are uh, ready to reuse, then we can uh, make something very fast, very uh, efficient, because it's tested code it's something what you can build now in clouds. Mm -hmm. That's why the clouds are so uh, popular because uh, we can save money. Just uh, we save uh, it on the start because we can start very quickly some business. Uh, but what next? Uh, if we are depends one uh, from one vendor, it's of course not uh, secure for our business, and uh, that's why. I am going to open source because I know that this is the value which is important for many small companies which are doing own business and it's very difficult and it's not that they can choose one direction. They must be flexible and the flexibility is in nano services because you can use some things what you build it and it's uh, there is uh, API specification and you mm -hmm. can share it and many people can share your uh, own uh, nano services so if in this horizontal conception uh, this is very easy to uh, create some things from the scratch uh, from ready uh, bricks and that's why i think this is the future yes and okay i am a bit concerned about the efficiency, just as Federico mentioned. But before getting to that, I would like to ask you, Tom. So in my company, for instance, we use microservices. And a really powerful tool for microservices is Docker, because like you can create several containers and deploy like your individual systems. What technologies are we using in nanoservices? Is there yes. something similar to Docker? Or... This is good uh, to talk about this topic uh, in the future because now it's something new and uh, what I am using, <laughs> mm -hmm. I am just uh, using uh, the same things what, uh, what I am using for microservices because uh, if uh, this is the same, so what is microservices? The, the big difference is between microservices and uh 
uh, monolith. But uh, between microservices and uh, nanoservices, this is not uh, so architectural uh, difference. It's more uh, the pattern difference. So, so talking, talking single about responsibility, the, just what I can say. Talking about the example you mentioned about the delete user. So if I if I can imagine, let's say we have the function delete user, and I want it to be a nano service. So I will have a container which will answer only to the only to the request made to this delete user API. Is that right? Yes. But in that in that case, like, um, and I'm coming back to the question that Federico did about the efficiency. In that case, where do you draw the line to say like, okay, this this is enough? Because if you start with the with the modularity and with the level of granularity of the APIs, and you say that you divide that every single API will represent one nano service. Then let's say like for the for all the operations, create, remove, update, and delete, you will have one nano service. And let's say you have 20 tables in the in the database. That means that 20 times four, you will have like 80 nano services in, in your network. That will be very difficult to yes. update and to maintain. How, where do you draw the line and to say like, okay, this is better than microservices or this is better than nanoservices? Or how do how do you do it in your experience, yeah. Tom? Thank you for this question. This is uh, the border, <laughs> what you said, <laughs> because uh, we see that it will be not good solution. <laughs> yes, it will be <laughs> not efficient. <laughs> it's uh, not about everything because uh, there are things uh, which must be uh, they are not defined as one uh, uh, one part. Uh, there are connection between, and of course, uh, it's better to uh, change it because um, if we are uh, talking about the limitation in area crude, uh, create, read, update, delay, there is no sense to um, atomize, to, to make every uh, thing, uh, every request uh, and every code separated, if we can not do it and we can make it as microservices, just mm -hmm. if, if we make um, uh, some um, solution which is separated, which is not depends uh, another, then this is the uh, part which we can build as uh, nano services because the dependencies uh, there are uh, indicators and mm -hmm. if we have the, in the dependencies we know that from a developer uh, side the developer can decide and say okay we have too much de dependencies so we decide to do it as a microservice and it's okay and uh, I am not so <laughs> expert to decide what uh, we should build in, in which way. Uh, I think it's good to uh, build some um, some indicators to have this uh, information to, to make the specification 
ready uh, mm. before we start. And I think it will be easy because what uh, what we uh, can uh, do today, it's uh, change something what is created. What what we can say, okay, it's just uh, some uh, monitoring uh, function to say me something. It's get mm -hmm. request, which is easy to build, and we don't need to have it in our microservice because it's independent. Okay, then we can mm -hmm. decide to separate it for today. But what if uh, in the future will be uh, more uh, decentralized uh, architecture? What if uh, will be many IoT solution which we we'll, uh, which we can use in this direction? Because uh, IoT it can be even button. So button is uh, it can be easy to implement as a function as a service and as a nano service, I think. Mm -hmm. And for example, in your case, let's suppose that you have a client and your client wants to move from microservices to nano services. What will be the process in your opinion to do this proper transition? Mm -hmm. uh, can you? say something more because uh, I, uh, I like that, to have more. Uh, let's suppose the bank Millennium is doing the transition from, let's say that they are they have a, a system for the credit cards for transferring money between the same the same bank account. This service is built in several microservices. And right now they feel that is very inefficient and and they heard that you could help them to do a transition to nano services. They want to optimize this process of the transferring money in the same the same bank, not to uh, not to other countries, all in the same bank. What will be the process for the developers or let's say of the architect to start the transition from the, the microservices right now for transferring money in the bank accounts to nano services? What will be the transition? Yeah. Thank you. It's uh probably uh, necessary to create uh, some schema where we can uh, decide about um, environment uh, what we can uh, where we can uh, create the border between another parts of system because if mm -hmm. it must be one functionality it must be in some uh, case it must be valid just for some uh, environment some uh, contextual uh, uh, situation it's it's very strict uh, i think it it must be uh, there must be some uh, uh, documentation to uh, say uh, it is uh, just for this usage or if if we have something like this in our system what if uh, it's changed? Uh, what if we will need uh, the same solution for another partner, for another bank? Then uh, should we build new or should we uh, share in uh, another level some rights, some authorization? Because if we are thinking about a nano service uh, in, in the same uh, way such microservice in microservice we can have more information more 
uh, we can create the context. So mm -hmm. the, the most uh, contextual is a graph uh, QL where you can build uh, some microservice uh, with many options and we you can get a lot of data it will be rich request but in nano service probably we expect a very poor service to check some things to sense some things uh, what is easy and it's uh, very independent mm -hmm. and i am not sure because uh, we when we uh, talking today uh, I am not uh, sure what it will be, how it will be in the future, because now uh, mm. my knowledge about it is uh, such an enthusiast. I, I learn mm -hmm. about it and mm -hmm. I want to improve it. And it's a good question. I, I must check it because mm -hmm. uh, it, it is very important to know where is the border. I think it, it's yes. a bit uh, different question for the borders. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, the, uh, I totally agree that you should have some way of identifying where to draw the line, where are the borders. And as Federico mentioned now, there might be some transition from the microservices to nanoservices architecture. Some more companies might want to start using it. So we, I, think I yeah. understand, yeah, because I feel that you have the, the question probably uh, if we exchange all microservice to mm -hmm. nanoservice, mm -hmm. I think it's it's not the way what we expect. It, the uh -huh. same uh, question: What if we change our monolith ex exchange to the microservices? What if yes? And we know that it not works. So there is something what must still be as a monolith. So I think uh, this is the first border. Second border is mm -hmm. if there are some dependencies. So if we have very horizontal solution, there are dependencies on architecture, uh, architect part and yes. the DevOps part. So I think it's not uh, so easy, and uh, it will be so some indicant indicator to developer uh, to make this as nano service or stay on micro service uh, layer yes i think these these two recommendations you have given us are, are very useful and this could be some like some sort of guidelines actually that we could start thinking of them mm -hmm. and now tom I would still like to talk uh, about this uh, efficiency and where to draw the line but I will now focus it a bit more on the software development life cycle. I am really glad that you mentioned DevOps uh, before, because that gives me the idea that you, you already know that DevOps deals with everything that is related to the pipeline, right? So I would like to ask you, how do nanoservices affect our pipeline, given that we will have probably more things to develop better say more things to maintain and more things to send to production and there might be other teams involved that are actually deploying to production so this might cause some overhead which might lead to higher costs in the companies so do you see my point like there's like yeah. a cost benefit ratio so how is this pipeline managed in nano services yeah thank you 
It's interesting. Yeah, I I have never thinking about the DevOps part. Sorry, it's a microphone. I I was thinking about uh, more about functionality, but yes, it it will be. <laughs> it will be difficult to uh, manage uh, thousands of nano services, and uh, this is a good point for uh, the companies which are providing solution for DevOps to uh, serve some uh, special solution because uh, it will be advantage uh, for market to go in this direction and I must uh, research uh, some solution in this area because it's interesting and personally I want to uh, go uh, in, in DevOps area with uh, GitLab and uh, I'm using it uh, at work, uh, and I think uh, there is a lot of possibility to make it. And uh, my limitations are on hardware too, because I am mm -hmm. uh, going to IoT direction. And uh, you see, mm -hmm. uh, you are talking about some uh, platforms, some uh, DevOps solution, and I'm thinking too about some hardware solutions. Uh, yes. And what if uh, will be uh, some um, uh, problem on on uh, on another sites uh, and and we will be happy yes but uh, some another solutions uh, will be not enough and yes this is interesting for mm. today I don't know uh, what will be if uh, if it will be uh, in in thousands but what if it will be in millions because uh, it mm -hmm. can and um, in your opinion. How the com when the company should choose to use nano services instead of microservices? Like in which cases do you think is a it's a better a better idea? I think uh, the company which are doing many prototyping because this is what I am doing in software. Mm -hmm. I am doing a lot of prototyping. Uh, I am doing uh, hundreds of projects and. Uh, they are open source, and uh, it's uh, the direction is uh, uh, IoT because uh, what I like uh, it's a uh, small hardware which can do some things uh, and uh, based on Linux, but mm -hmm. I am not sure what it, if we will go in some direction such. Uh, the, the Raspberry Pi uh, have now yeah. that, that, that we have Python hardware, which which supports only Python uh, uh, applications, and it mm -hmm. can be the same for another languages, maybe new languages. And then this is, I think, a good uh, direction for uh, function uh, as a service uh, solution and uh, nano services because if we are creating Something which is based just on one part of code, and it can be one function, one public function. Mm -hmm. And imagine, just imagine, you are creating many private, uh, one class, many private uh, methods, and just one public, which is direct, uh, open it for uh, requests. And we can just use it. It can be so simple in the future. Yes. Yeah, well, I think that that's one of the major benefits of the nano service architecture, actually, because like it simplifies everything to a 
very significant and let's say unit of logic, which in this case will be an API apparently. And now done, it's time to predict the future because that's why we are here for, that's why we are cyber prophets. So we would like to know, well, first of all, this concept of function as a service is actually very new, I have to say. Mm -hmm. It's like it's still a, like a baby. So do you think that this concept of function as a service or nano services per se will replace microservices in the future? Such everything, it can't be so easy. Uh, what we know today that it will be not so, but uh, mm. what we don't know, we don't know about architecture because now we have serverless solutions. Yes, and there is no, uh, yeah, and, and it can be something, some layer, some abstraction where you don't need to thinking about many things and it, everything can be. Uh, on on monolith or microservices on nano services, and you don't need to thinking about it. So, I think this is the point of uh, view. If you are um, a software developer, that you you want to have a less job, less uh, problems, and you want to uh, go away with this uh, all uh, complicated things, which are depends. Uh, and then it can be uh, probably not so important for us to decide what is monolith, what is microservice, what is nanoservice. I think this is the future. We will be on the layer, one, uh, one layer up, and then oh, we will nice. uh, forget about. And <laughs> nice. um, where do you see the progress of the, of the nanoservices in the next five years? How do you see them? It's very slowly because uh, I was uh, learning about uh, uh, platform as a service and uh, function as a service in 2013. Was some person uh, reading uh, reading about uh, writing about the uh, concept, and I see that market it's uh, not depends the best solution or the uh, the most efficient just about something that is very open it uh, very easy to implement and mm. if uh, nano service uh, is uh, very easy to implement it can be big benefit because uh, in horizontal um, solution uh, you don't need to thinking about uh, the uh, advantages or disadvantages so much because you want some functionality and what is prob where is the problem if you want to build something new you want to decide and you need to uh, use some things and you don't know uh, where are the limitations and if there will be then uh, you know that you must uh, change it and then it's slowly process but I think uh, just thinking about nano services is not enough. We must thinking about what if we uh, will implement the nano services with some uh, solution which will help us to implement it and mm -hmm. what we know today about software development. 
that uh, there are uh, artificial intelligence which can write some code. Okay, but the code must uh, be efficient. And there are many factors and depends project. So it's not enough to have some solution. And mm -hmm. if we will uh, uh, use some things, uh, if we can use some things, uh, we need to make some documentation and uh, maybe the artificial intelligence will more helpful in this area to create good architecture and automatically build from the bricks what we expect and how probably with nano services because uh, this is uh, modular conception uh, and the modularity uh, need uh, artificial intelligence because uh, it's it's very difficult to have a thousand of dependencies uh, between nano services mm -hmm. and build some concept uh, and uh, to, to don't know what is inside because this is separated part of system and what if inside is some security issue <laughs> oh my god mm -hmm. yeah and it must be tested in 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 whole yes uh, mm, yes in, in whole application and that's why i think we need uh, artificial intelligence for support our nano services because what i see in the future nano service uh, in uh, function as a service uh, concept and it will be uh, as a marketplace for uh, services and uh, then we don't need to thinking about uh, which uh, different nano services connect just uh, we, we need to just know what we expect and uh, artificial intelligence should uh, make uh, all DevOps stuff. So oh, yes. we don't need software developer. We don't need uh, DevOps. Uh, we need just know the business logic. This is uh, mm -hmm. what I see in 10 years. Yeah, you know, a, a couple of episodes ago, we had Dr. Tony talking about um, AI and he mentioned something very interesting, something actually very frightening. And he told us that uh, software came to replace many companies but now the software developers are being replaced by AI. So mm -hmm. it is quite interesting that you mentioned AI actually, actually now dealing with the architecture of the yes, software. Yes, and this is the big difference between uh, the story about Microsoft solution. They did some solution for build some code and I was uh, care about uh, my position, but I understood that it's not the way. We don't need something what is creating some random code. We need something what can build from our brick something what is not random, what is uh, good and can improve uh, self to be better and to thinking about personalization, about uh, make adaptation to make evolution to the better version of uh, the, this uh, application, for example. But what we know with decentralization, we can't even know where are the barriers in uh, application because yes. it can be a very big global network uh, in IoT. So that's why I am thinking private 5G can help because uh, mm -hmm. private uh, 5G can uh, be in one um, industry, in, in, in one um, um, place 
uh, in one uh, city and uh, there can be everything. It can be uh, just connected with internet to uh, make some uh, questions uh, without, uh, it, it would be independent. So I think uh, this is uh, good <laughs> to, to discuss in the future. What if uh, private uh, 5G can uh, replace a global internet, uh, internet, mm -hmm. yeah, global network? Because if we have crypto cryptocurrencies, we can, uh, we don't need even government. <laughs> yes, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, we will be definitely in the lookout of uh, new developments in the AI 5G world, and also we'll see how these developments affect our nano services and our architecture in the future. Thank you very much, Tom, for the interview. Uh, this has been very useful, and I am pretty sure that it will be useful for all of our audience. Do you have any last words? Uh, thank you very much. Uh, it was a big pleasure for me to discuss, uh, and I hope uh, we can meet uh, together after 10 years and discuss. <laughs> <laughs> and discuss again the development. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes. Thank you very much once again. We really would like to collaborate with you in the future. We are Cyber Prophets, prophesizing the future of technology. Until the next episode. Bye bye. bye.